My name is Sela, and I'll be reading today's scripture with my mom and my brother Noah. Please give your attention to the reading of God's word. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 to 10. Now please give your attention to the preaching of God's word. Thank you guys so much. That was so precious. Well, good morning. I'm Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my great joy to bring God's word to us this morning. Uh, we're in our season that is known as Advent, and I thought maybe it's a fitting time to talk a little bit about what Advent is. Maybe you've wondered, what is this all about? What is Advent? Well, it's a season. It's a season that begins the fourth Sunday before Christmas. And it is a season that counts down and looks forward to Jesus' birthday. Right? Christmas is about celebration. And I think a lot of us, we, we like that. We like the food. We like feasting and the presents. We like having people over. But Advent is about waiting and counting down. And I don't think a lot of us like that. If you're like me, my wife and I, we bought an Advent calendar last year, a, cho a chocolate one, where you eat a chocolate a day. And we just opened like six chocolates in one sitting. And we did not wait for it because waiting just isn't very fun. And I would bet on a lot of us that we think that way too. But Advent is about waiting, and it's waiting for the birthday of Jesus, but also waiting for when Jesus comes back, when he arrives again. And that's what Advent literally means. It means the arrival, waiting for the arrival of a notable person or a thing or an event. Advent reminds us that right now we're sandwiched in between Jesus' first Advent, his first coming, and his second coming, and that we live in the in-between. So how do we do that well? You see, Advent reminds us it's a, that we're in a world where all is not well, but that all will be well. It reminds us that the seasons in life we face, maybe even this last year, when you look back on your year, it's filled 
with these paradoxes, these things that seem opposite and yet true at the same time, happiness and sadness, excitement and boredom. It's thrilling, but it's tiring. It's beautiful, it's broken. We have gratitude and we experience groaning, right? It's a season that reminds us that this world isn't it, but that we're waiting for home. We're waiting for a better world. And this brings us, our first point today will be about tent life. Tent life, our earthly home. What is tent life? Verse one in our passage, it says, for we know that if the tent, that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. The tent is our earthly home. Later in verse four, it talks about how tent life is mortal. And what that means is tent life is our physical bodies. It's about life on this side of heaven. Tent life can be destroyed. Tent life experiences wear and tear. I'm turning 33 soon. And last month or maybe two months ago, I strained my calf just jumping and landing. And I realized my body is not the same as it was in my 20s. It's never happened to me ever. You see, tent life is one that involves injury. And sometimes you never fully recover. I know this season has been a season where a lot of you yourselves have gotten injured. And life is so different as you deal with recurring injuries or illnesses. You see, tent life means our bodies, they break down. They're being destroyed. Tent life means that we age. We get old. I recently learned this uh, young, young people's phrase, but they use it usually for sports or when someone's really good at something and you say, he's him, he's him. And sadly, some of us, we're not him anymore, right? The age has caught up to us. And if you don't know that this was a phrase like me, then it is likely we are getting older and that's okay. That's part of tent life, right? We have less energy. We're less lively. We're living and dying all at the same time. And even if you're not old, tent life, it's unstable and it's frail and weak, right? You get a sudden bad diagnosis or you're, you get an illness, you get sick. And maybe some of you, you're young. You feel like, I'm so young, but you spend maybe your holidays in the hospital. That's part of tent life. You see, tent life, it involves groaning, being sad and angry, sighing. <sighs> but for a Christian, there's an added layer of groaning, and it's because we know something's better that is coming. We are longing for something better, something that we will get one day. And this brings us to our second point, eternal life, our heavenly home. In verse two, it says, for in this tent we groan, longing to put on what? On our heavenly dwelling. Christians, we groan because we see both the limitations of our bodies now, but we also see the superiority of 
better body that we're going to get one day, a resurrection glorified body. An eternal dwelling, a building from God, not made with hands. We want that. We're longing for that. And now it's interesting in verse 3, because verse 3 tells us a little bit about what that will look like. That we may not be found naked. What does that mean? Not be found naked. Well, some at the time that Paul wrote this, they thought the body is just a bad thing. We just don't want the body at all. You know what? Death, it's good because the soul is eternal and the body is just a prison for the soul. We just want to get rid of it altogether. But Paul here is not saying that's our goal. No, instead he's saying we don't, it's not that we want to be unclothed and have no body. It's that we want to be further clothed to take on a new and perfect body. Paul's answer to the problem of death is resurrection. Did you know that heaven will be physical, material? To God, the body itself is not a negative thing, but it's these sin-corrupted fallen bodies that are not good. In heaven, we will get bodies that are perfect with no more experiencing wear and tear, no more breaking down, no more sickness. And we see a little preview of that when Jesus rose, right? When he ate and drank things, when he spent time with people, he embraced them, he hugged them. And that's good news. I'm a eat to live kind of a person, but some of you I know are live to eat people. You live to eat good food. And that's important, right? Can you imagine heaven not being able to eat good food? Good thing heaven is physical. Imagine perfect taste buds, what kind of foods you're going to be able to try. The heavenly banquet, wow. But those of you, maybe you are like me and one of your top love languages is physical touch, right? Physical touch, hugs, high fives fist bumps, those things mean a lot. And in heaven, we'll get to do that. Now you might think, that sounds great. That sounds great, but how do I know this will be my home? How do I know I'm gonna get there one day? And that's a good question. In verse six and in verse eight, Paul, he seems to know very well where he's headed. He says, so we are always of good courage. You know, this word good courage can also mean hopeful. It also means confident, that Paul is confident. How can he be so confident? Well, verse 7 gives us that answer, for we walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith in what? Faith in the gospel, the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, how do we get, what is the way to our heavenly home? Well, it would help a lot if someone from heaven showed us, wouldn't it? In fact, even better if someone from heaven came down and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we have that in Jesus, the son of God, who would leave his heavenly home and come into this earthly home and take on tent life, where he would be mortal and weak and frail, where he would suffer and groan and end up ultimately destroyed upon a cross. 
for sinful people like you and me. Why did he go and do that? Why would he do that? Well, it's because he loves you. He loves you so much that for him, heaven wouldn't really feel like home without you. And so he came so that he could bring you with him. So he could bring you home with him. If you're not a Christian today, there is no eternal life after tent life without trusting in Jesus. He's the only way to heaven and away from hell. And this Advent season, when this world doesn't feel quite like home, would you listen to his voice saying, just come home, just come home, come home to me. It'll get better, I promise. And for those of you who are a Christian today, I think it's so awesome that Jesus doesn't just promise us a heavenly home and say, all right, just, just look forward to that. But he gives you a piece of it right now. Verse five says, he, God, who has prepared for us this very thing, who has given us a spirit as a guarantee. You see, you have the spirit, the Holy Spirit right now as a down payment, as a deposit, as a guarantee of what will be yours one day in full. In other words, you're being prepared for heaven now because the one who is from heaven, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. He's working on you. He's growing you and changing you. And here are a few ways that that will look. If you're waiting for your heavenly home, you're not surprised by tent life. I know when we go through hard things and they will happen to us, it stinks, right? It is painful and it's hard, but it ought not to be surprising because this world is passing away. This world is dying. And sometimes I would say those who are so surprised and so devastated who say, why would God let this happen? Why would this be happening in my life in this world right now? I think those who ask that oftentimes are people who don't make it their primary aim to please God. But your primary aim might be just to be comfortable. It's to live comfortably now. There was a, a time in college where a group of friends and I, we went on a camping trip. And I remember this trip when we went, it was hot, it was in the summer, and we went on this hike and we thought, okay, there's this waterfall at the end of the hike. It'll be worth it because we'll get there We'll clean up, we'll wash up, we'll feel great. We go on this hike, it's long, it's tiring, and we get there and we're like, where's the waterfall? And we see someone pass by and they say, hey, if you're looking for that waterfall, it, uh, it dried up a while ago. And so we thought, oh boy, okay. And we made our way back to our tents. We, I remember sleeping that night. We were sweaty and smelly and sticky. And in my mind, I just thought, Man, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And you know what? I did. Because that, it was a two-day trip. So the next day, I went home. We packed light. We just brought food and some board games because we knew we're not going to be there very long. Now, imagine on this two-day trip if instead we packed out our cars and we 
brought this like giant power generator and a flat screen TV, inflatable hot tub. We brought like a kitchen set and a couch. And we even brought like decorations to make it look nice. For a two day trip, you would think these guys are crazy. They are so foolish. Why are you wasting your time? It's not gonna matter much. Why would you treat this tent life, this camping trip, like your forever home? But you know, for many of us here today, I think that's what we do. We live for worldly things here that last 70, 80 years, but you can't bring that with you. And we live for those things instead of eternity, which is really long. Eternity to come, focusing on the things that please God. C.S. Lewis, he uh, wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters. It's kind of a scary book because he writes from the perspective of demons and devils. And he just kind of imagines their conversations. And I want to read this for you. All right, imagine devils and demons, right? They're, they're saying this to each other. Prosperity knits a man to the world. He feels that he's finding his place in it, while really it is finding its place in him. His increasing reputation, his widening circle of acquaintances, his sense of importance, the growing pressure of absorbing an agreeable work. Build up in him a sense of being really at home in earth, which is just what we want. In other words, if you start treating tent life like your eternal heavenly home, the devils say, we got them just where we want. I think sometimes we need to be a little uncomfortable being too comfortable, especially in this world, because often the road to hell is a very comfortable one. And so for some of us, when your earthly tent starts to fall apart, when it's not as comfortable anymore, it might just be a blessing in disguise of God reminding you, don't get too comfortable here because this is not your home. There's something better coming. Live for that. Second, if you're waiting for your heavenly home, you get homesick. We groan and we long for heaven. For some of us, what that, is, that looks like is we long for these perfect bodies. Maybe you've been dealing with chronic pain or illness or disability, and you just feel like, man, I can't wait when I no longer have to deal with this anymore. Others, you have people you love who've died and passed away, and maybe you feel it all the more during Christmas. You have an empty seat where they used to sit, and you think, I can't wait to see them again. I can't wait to hug them again. Maybe others of you, you just, you're looking forward to the heavenly parties, the amazing food, the perfect taste buds, walking the streets of gold, the pearly white gates, seeing angels. But you know, the main reason heaven is heaven is because the Lord is there. John Piper once said this, people who would be happy in heaven if Christ were not there will not be there. The gospel is not a way to get people to heaven it is a way to get people to God. And if we don't want God above all things, we have not been converted by the gospel. Do you love Jesus? Do you long to see Jesus? 
to be with him? I think a good test for us today is do we do that now? Do we pray? Do we read our Bibles? You see, if we hope to be transformed or conformed to Christ's glorious body in the next life, we need to start being conformed to his character in this life. If we don't care about the things of God, maybe you feel like, I don't really care about those things. Well, you'd hate heaven. You really would. But the Holy Spirit now works in us and grows us in appetite for heaven, helping us to long for Jesus, to become like Jesus, growing in being kind, loving, humble, gentle, When you get homesick, I want us to embrace the waiting, to embrace the reality of the world we find ourselves in, to not try to escape that by distracting ourselves, but instead that you would use moments of waiting to remind you of what you're waiting for or who you're waiting for. You know, when I drive, usually I'll put on a, a podcast or music. I feel like so much of my life, I've, I've always needed to fill in the silence. I, I need to put on something, noise, something to feel like I'm being productive, that I'm doing something. But this month recently, I've been trying to just turn that off and practice being okay with waiting, being okay with the silence to slow down and pray and to name maybe even your feelings as you experience tent life to say, man, God, I'm anxious. I'm a little bit discouraged and I feel really tired. I feel like life just seems to be pressing me down and it doesn't feel like all is well, but help me remember that all will be well that your promises are true. Help me to experience and feel that. You know, there are many opportunities to do that, to wait when it's, maybe it's elevators, grocery lines, sitting in traffic. Maybe it's waiting for the call to worship to start. And this season, I wanna challenge us to spend less time being so quick to pick up our phones and spend some more time waiting and reminding us, reminding ourselves what we're waiting for. Home is somewhere we're going. It's somewhere we're going, not somewhere we've ever been before. Last, our last point, if you're waiting for your heavenly home, you wanna invite people over. You want people to come over to join heaven with you, right? There are some opportunities for pleasing God that we will only have present right now in this life. And when we get to heaven, there's not going to be any need. You don't need to have faith anymore. You're not going to have to endure hard things anymore. There won't be hard times. And there will be no more need for courage to share about Jesus. There will be no more need to share the gospel. And if you love your home, most of the time we want people to share in that joy, to come over. Would you do that now? Would you invite people to put their faith in Jesus because you won't always have this opportunity? 
I want to end our time with a story I'm sure a lot of you know. It's from Up, right? The movie Up. Story about Carl who falls in love with the love of his life, Ellie. But their hopes and dreams together, they're cut short when Ellie passes away. And from that point on, Carl just had a really hard time. He had a hard time moving on. And in one scene, he, he disappoints his friends. He, he lets them down. His friends, Kevin, this bird, Doug, a dog, and Russell, the wilderness explorer. He lets them down because he's so attached to this house still. And we get a turning point in this movie when Carl, who's all alone, all by himself, he pulls out Ellie's scrapbook. And on the last page, he discovers a note. It says, thanks for the great adventure. Now go have a new one. And later in the movie, to save his friends, Carl chooses to let go of his house. His last physical connection to Ellie, to his old life. This house held up by a bunch of balloons, just floating, descending under the clouds forever. And we get Russell say, sorry, Mr. Fredrickson, your house is lost in the clouds because of me. And you see Carl with a sad face at first, just looking at this house, his life, his past, going away. And he's sad at first, but then you see a smile creep on his face as he makes peace. And he says, it's not a big deal. It's just a house. It's just a house. It's just a tent. It's just these bodies. This isn't it. There's something better, something more lasting. You know, another word that's related to Advent, kind of sounds like it, is adventure. And during this Advent season, I want to leave us with this. Don't get so caught up holding on to your earthly home. Don't get so caught up holding on to worldly things that you miss out on a much greater adventure with the Lord as he prepares you now and as he prepares you for your heavenly home to come. You know, today we will get to hear about one gal's adventure. We went through a series of youth confirmations. We'll be doing that shortly. But before that, I do want to invite up Joy Ahn, who will be sharing her story of grace with us as she comes up to share about her adventure in her relationship with God. Let's give her an encouraging round of applause. Heaven, the angels rejoice when one of these precious ones to you repents and turn to follow Jesus. And we thank you that we got to see that today. We thank you we got to experience that together, our entire church family. And we recognize that this journey is not one we take alone, but it is one that involves us all as we seek to love one another the way you loved us. Help us to do that. Help us to care well. And Lord, we know that at the end of the day, your Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee in us, reminds us that this is not our home, but we are waiting when you return to make all things new and all things right. Help us get there. We know you will. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.